The Making of Sugar Sugar, Bittersweet Tales of Indian Migrant Workers by Laini Malkani. Episode 1. The Idea. I began writing Sugar Sugar in September 2016, but in truth the whole process began nine months earlier when I met Eva Lowen, writer development manager from Spread the Word, in a coffee shop in Archway, North London. I had a broad vision for the project, to write ten short stories about the migration of millions of indentured Indians who were recruited to work on the British Empire's sugarcane fields following the emancipation of African slaves. This relatively unknown aspect of British history began in 1838 and I wanted to use historical archive at the British Library along with the memories of the descendants of indentured Indians living in the UK to recreate their lives and experiences through fiction. The stories would also be contemporary to reflect the ongoing legacy of this great movement of people. The author, Jamie Rhodes, who eventually became my mentor, had already shared with me his experiences of writing an Arts Council England application, so by the time I turned to Eva, I had some idea of what to expect. Looking back on the process now, I suppose Spread the Word was my first official partner, and so from her busy offices in South East London, I went back to see Eva to find out what it was about Sugar Sugar that first grabbed her attention. Well, I was immediately very interested in the subject matter, partly because it is intrinsically interesting. It's extraordinary stories, the idea of indentured labourers and people travelling across the world, around the world, in order to be caught up in this fairly horrendous scheme of employment, if you can call it that. But also it was at risk of getting lost as well, it seemed to me, from what you were telling me. And the other thing is it just seemed like a quintessentially London story as well because from what you were saying, so many descendants of indentured labourers were living in London but also other parts of the UK and it is very much um, a con- about contemporary United Kingdom, Britain, as it is about you know, the histories of the British Empire and colonialism and the expansion of, um, you know, British industrialism and the impact that had on, you know, a whole range of people and populations. So you were enthusiastic, but, of course, you know, the journey that we've been on yeah. to actually get the book out and and, uh, and published has been quite a long one, and I, I've come back to you asking for advice and, you know, what steps should I take, who should I contact, what kind of support do I need? What do you think are the key elements, then, looking back, um, not just on, on Sugar Sugar, mm. but generally... What are the key elements that we need to think about as new authors to get funding and to get our books out there? Well, I think in your case, in a way, it might not have felt like it to you, but you were halfway there because you had already extensively researched the material. You'd already done a radio documentary exploring it. You had loads of contacts within the communities of kind of descendants of indentured workers and had already engaged with them through your radio documentary and you also had a lot of contacts from the sort of academic history kind of cultural research side as well Um, and you had kind of other organizational partners potentially on board like the British Library 
and kind of different community centres in London. Um, so all that side was kind of really well in place from my point of view. Um, as you know, when kind of somebody approaches us to get advice on um, seeking funding from the Arts Council, um, lottery funding for a particular project, you know, we both look, you know, we look to see at, you know, the writer and, you know, is their writing strong enough? Is it going to hold up? And in our view, that was clearly the case with you. And also, does the writer have, as it were, the vision and the drive to see it through? And um, and thirdly, you know, those other things, are they in place? Because one of the things that we look at, and I, we know the Arts Council looks at for f- supporting um, a project, is the kind of eventual public benefit. And that might be, is the book going to be published? Um, how are you going to reach um, audiences, you know, with your writing or um, with this, to open up this area that you would have explored through your writing. Um, So what we did in all those meetings was kind of thrash out exactly what it was, the kind of precise structure of the project, I think. Um, And you were very clear that you wanted to develop the kind of short story form and explore... um, all the material you would find in your research through short story narratives. Um, And you were very clear that that was an important part for your kind of creative development as a writer, as well as the the right way for you to kind of take forward the kind of understanding um, and interpretation of the kind of the histories that you would be uncovering. Were there any key points where you thought, oh my goodness... Lainey needs help here. Were you were you worried at any stage throughout the process? You never know how a funding application is going to go, and often they get batted back, and you know the writer has to kind of retweet the application. Um, and also within London, it's incredibly competitive to get grants for arts money, so the project has to be really different and distinctive, and do something kind of new, and and have these kind of results, I guess, that the Arts Council is looking for in terms of, they call it public benefit, in terms of reaching an audience. Um, And did I have any... I thought that... um, I didn't want to dampen your enthusiasm. I thought writing ten stories in four months was a sort of massive undertaking. And um, so that I was... um, that concerned me, but you came across as someone with a lot of energy and drive. So I thought if anyone could do it, you probably could. <laughs> it also concerned me, actually. I don't think I realised um, when I set out the actual undertaking that I was going to do. But yeah. that wasn't too bad, I think, in the end, because mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with being overly ambitious. <laughs> no. So just finally then, what, what advice would you give to other new authors like myself who have come come to you for Mm. advice and help and um you know writing can be a lonely experience Mm. and I didn't feel 
I, of course I felt that at times mm. um, but overall I felt well supported I felt that there were people out there that understood what I was going mm. through and that I could turn to um, so what advice would you would you give to other authors new authors who are thinking about a similar thing as me not just writing the book but also extending it out to uh, looking for funding and as a project what would you say I think do your research so you know really make sure that you've got the connections there in terms of you know the research itself the organizations you might want to be working with the kind of people who will help you with your research um, and be very clear about what you want to achieve and um, how what you're offering is distinctive and that you're realistic about your time frames um, and you know often writers you know forget to think about you know what it how to earn a living in that time and that they need to cost for their own time and um, kind of get a sound budget in place. Brilliant. Eva, thank you ever so much. It's getting really hectic around here. I'm going to leave you to get back to your work. Thank you very much indeed. Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thanks to Eva Lowen. Now, next time on Sugar Sugar, can a mentor really help you overcome writer's block?